the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What difference at this point does it make? Oh, shut up. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Mr. Chairman, delegates, friends, and my fellow Americans, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am deeply humbled by your confidence, and on behalf of my family, here and gone, I accept your nomination to run and serve as Vice President of the United States of America. And that was Mike Pence accepting the nomination of vice president to run with Donald Trump this fall and hopefully defeat Hillary Clinton and save America. Mike Pence from the convention in Cleveland, Ohio. And we are very pleased to join, to segue back here to California, State Senator Mike Morrell from the... 23rd. 23rd District, who's running for re-election this year, and we're pleased to have him in studio to comment on the convention and all matters Republican and what's happening in Sacramento and what are they doing to us this time, and welcome, Mike. Well, thank you for having me here. What do you want me to start, the convention, or do you want me to start at the state? (laughs) And why we need to send you back up to Sacramento. Let's start with the convention. You were sharing with us before we started uh, that you had a a little personal knowledge of Uh, Mike Mike Pence. Mike Pence. I have a good friend named Brian Kennedy. He uh, runs a constitutional think tank here in California. A good man. He's had a chance to spend a lot of time in D.C. working with many members of Congress, uh, trying to restore their constitutional principles, right? And so I asked him, I said, I know you don't know all in Congress, but how many do you have confidence in um, are, are, you know, really know and understand the Constitution and our uh, uh, principles? And he said, you know, there's about seven or eight really good uh, people that he knows. And I out said, out of 435 members of the House and well, yeah, 100 senators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seven. Seven, yeah. But, but remember, he doesn't know all of them. Right. But, but, he, but, but still, he knows many and, and um, that have been attracted to him be, and vice versa because of their principles. And I said, well, out of those seven or eight, um, who it would be the most knowledgeable out of theirs? And he said, there's a congressman, this was about eight years ago, uh, from Indiana by the name of Mike Pence. No it's, way. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. Then, so I was telling our youngest son, Matthew, this a couple of nights ago, and he said, Dad, you know, when I was at Hillsdale College and uh, Mike Pence came to speak, and uh, Hillsdale usually won't let a person in unless that they have a pretty accurate, thorough knowledge of the United States Constitution to speak. So Hillsdale let him in, and my son... Um, you wow. know, sort of was there to guide him around the campus and got to know him and said he's just a great personal down earth uh, man. So, so that's exciting for for a person like ourselves who really value sure. about restoring limited government uh, well, to its rightful place in well, American political life. Well, you know, Mike Pence described himself shorthand as a Christian, a conservative. And a Republican, yeah, in, in that, that order. order. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, he's got his priorities right, doesn't he? 
He does. He does. And I, you know, I thought of, uh, you know, here it is. They were, we're recording this on Thursday uh, before night four. And of the speeches that have been done so far in the yeah. RNC, Mike Pence, I think, was clearly one of the best. Well, boy, he he was one of the best. And he covered he ticked all the checked all the boxes, as they say. And he just seems like he's really grounded, level headed and, you know, uh, a good man that in case something ever did happen to the president, a solid guy. Very true. Charge. So um, I, I, I tell you, the, the convention was very exciting watching him last night. Well, there was a Breitbart article that suggested that he is the yin to uh, Donald Trump's yang. Well, and he even kind of said that last night. He did. You know, so, yeah, so it's been interesting. And I, I have to tell you, I was pleasantly surprised by uh, his uh, Trump's kids who spoke. They they, they did well. And uh, um, I did not know they ran that deep. They for, they are presenting themselves as being very formidable surrogates to be on the campaign trail. Uh, it was a great introduction to Trump's family. And, and back to this Pence, uh, you know, speech. One of the things I think that would really uh, was a major home run in that speech was how intimate you felt you were getting to know who Mike Pence was as a person. I think that there were qualities that were almost Reagan-esque. You know, he had that twinkle in his eye, his command of humor. He used humor throughout, but in but it was always very grounded. It, it seems like the Mike Pence you might sit down with to have a cup of coffee with was the same Mike Pence that was at that podium. You really yeah. felt like you got to know well, the here, guy. Here's what I thought. You know, there's political speeches where you practice your speech or they read them from the prompters. It seemed like the things that he said were in his DNA so they, they, he was able to communicate yes. uh, on who he really was. Very I think good. we really saw who the guy is because he's. I think he he runs deep with uh, some deep principles, uh, political, moral, and economic, and he knows those. They're they're part of his DNA. He's been married to the same woman for. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. So so that's the big picture. You, uh, of course, as a uh, state senator, you spend a lot of time in the California Republican Party. What's the state of the union for the California Republican Party right now? Is there any good news there? Well, yeah, we have a lot of challenges. We're in the minority. But, you know, one of the things I think people judge us on is we have nobody that's elected statewide. But we have a new chairman uh, for two years now, Jim Brolty, and, and he, he has been really producing some great results. He says we've got to build a bench meaning starting from the bottom up rather than from the top down. And just in the last few years, in nonpartisan races, such as your city council water boards, uh, I believe the correct uh, amount is we have approximately 47% now elected Republicans to about 43% Democrats. And in my understanding, on county supervisor races, it's 51% Republicans. And so we are building the base. And we had one uh, come up from the ranks, a nonpartisan race, in a Democratic neighborhood, uh, in um, um, Orange County, sort of the uh, um, Garden Grove area, Santa Ana, and she did a great job as a county supervisor, ran against a well-known Democrat, outspent by a few million dollars, and uh, again, the registration was pro-dem, and that, that thing about building a bench, she I think she cleaned this clock by 11 points. She wow. Won. And so this is starting to work, so we are building a bench, and last election we did take three seats away from uh, the other side in our uh, uh, column, and that was the first time in 22 years that had happened. So we're not hitting home runs yet, but we're doing a lot of singles. But this year, we're just trying to hold 
because it could be a tricky year. We're not sure who's going to come out and who's not going to come out. And, of course, Trump takes a lot of that because people vote top ticket down. But we need to come out for two reasons. Number one, we want to honor uh, the those people who fought and died for our rights to vote. And there's some great initiatives. Uh, there's some really bad initiatives, too. There's some bad initiatives, but there's some really good ones to hold the politicians accountable the way they spend our money. And, and so we have to come out to keep those politicians honest. Well, let's talk you, about some things that have gone up on in the state legislature. There's been some very bad gun bills, some uh, anti-Christian uh, you know, school bills uh, that they're currently being tossed around. And uh, we'd love to get you uh, your, your input on what's happening behind the Iron Curtain of behind Sacramento. Behind the Iron Curtain. Boy, where do you start? You know, the one SB... Well, let's hold that over to the second segment. We'll take a break right now to hear from our sponsor, and we'll get right into that when we get back. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. We appreciate Ed's support of our show and our Unite IE Conservative Conference. More with State Senator Mike Morrell after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Mark Twain said that no man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature are in session. And Mark Twain must have been able to see the future and see the current legislature in Sacramento when he said that. You see that's accurate, Mike? Well, it's somewhat accurate. You know, at one time, uh, citizens, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville said that uh, citizens need to be virtuous so they can vote for virtuous people who will tell them how to live their lives. And so I think the thing is, is we are governed by consent and we get the leaders that we vote for. And so, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the job of the citizen is to sort of exercise our civic responsibility a little bit more um, with duty and a little bit more research so we can upgrade those people we send to represent us. And at the end of the day, if we can get good representative uh, who will really govern according to uh, either a great moral compass or the Constitution, preferably both, then I think that that, that statement, uh, that you know, we wouldn't have that statement. But today, uh, that statement's sort of become true here in California. And that is the voice of State Senator Mike Morrell. Senate District 23, and you're running for re-election this coming. Uh, I am. Coming November, n- please. Got to get out get and out, vote. vote yes. Anybody in that 23rd Senate District, which incorporates what cities, just in case uh, people Rancho don't know. Cucamonga, all of the mountains like Big Bear and Arrowhead, San Bernardino, Highland, Redlands, Loma Linda, Menifee, Nuevo, Romoland, uh, Hemet, San Jacinto, Banning, Beaumont, Calamasa, Yucaipa, uh, Pinion Hills, Phelan, Wrightwood, 
I think I said Highland Mentone to name a few. And if you want to make a contribution or get involved in Mike's campaign, best place you can go, Mike, is what? VoteMikeMorell.com? Is that your... That is. Uh, yeah, or my personal email. Let me give that to you. It's okay. P as in Paul, R-H-L at AOL.com. Again, P-R-H-L at AOL.com. Would love your help. P-R-H-L. That bears a striking resemblance to nothing. What well, is that? What is P-R-H-L? HL come from Provident Home Loans. There that you was go. My company right. for 25 years. That very I good. Owned, and I, I know you're very uh, attuned to the needs of the of, of the area you serve. You're highly involved, and uh, so I would encourage you reach out to Mike. He needs the help. He needs the money. This is a very important Senate seat to hold because of all the madness un- unfolding in Sacramento. Mike, what's it been like the past uh, session? Well, you know. Um, Unfortunately, there's a lot of bills that um, are harmful to business, harmful uh, to the taxpayer, and harmful if you believe in our Second Amendment rights. And maybe I should start on that one, which really concerns me. Okay. Because on our Second Amendment rights, you know, you want uh, the ability uh, to protect your life and your property. But I think more than anything, um, one of the reasons our founding principles had those uh political principles is they understood that uh, perhaps democracy can lead to progressivism, which leads to socialism, which leads to a a soft despotism, and then eventually tyranny and tyranny by force. And, uh, you know, government cannot take us uh, by force until they disarm us. And so the founders, uh, again, wanted us to be able to possess, you know, the honest law by citizens, possess weapons to protect our, our life and property. But more, they wanted to make sure we could protect ourselves from an overreaching government. And so, so, so the Second Amendment is not about hunting, is what you're saying? Well, it's a little bit about hunting, but it's more <laughs> about possessing our rights and keeping bad people from becoming tyrants. And that is what is happening in California. They're trying to disarm us. And again, they're assaulting our Second Amendment. And we all know that this these laws, the only people who are going to abide by them are your uh, law-abiding citizens criminals? Uh, how uh, foolish and uh, people's thinking it has become, uh, you know, when when they think law um, people who break the law are somehow that this is going to stop them from getting guns. It's just going to arm them even more against innocent people, and that's why there's a huge spike in crime. Uh, San Francisco, I think it's a uh, 66% crime's gone up, and and uh, all across the state of California, crime is just climbing high. Um, not just because of laws like this, but because they're going easy on criminals. Instead of punishing uh, people who do wrong severely, uh, they're letting them out. And uh, it's it's really tough. Anything under this new law now, if you break into a home and as, if you steal under $950, it's only a misdemeanor. You don't go to prison. You get sort of a ticket. Uh, you go to jail for one day, and then they release you. And I was talking to one um, chief of police in a, in a city in my district, and they've arrested uh, a gentleman, well, not a gentleman, but they've arrested a man 41 times this year. They've caught him breaking into homes. And 41 times, yeah. Times. And, and I talked to the chief of police about a month ago. But he also told me, I wonder how many times we haven't caught him. Yeah. Shoplifters take a calculator with them now uh-huh. so they can add up the price of the, of the merchandise they're stealing so they stay under the $950 yeah. so they're, they can get off essentially scot-free. And the importance yeah. about that is, is if they break into a house, steal a gun that's valued less than nine hundred dollars. Yeah. What used to be a felony. In fact, didn't Melissa yeah. Melendez tried to get a bill passed yes. through the assembly 
to reinstate the felony conviction for stealing a firearm, and it got voted down? No, no. It actually passed, which oh, passed. I was kind of surprised. Okay. But our governor decided to veto it. Did because, not sign yeah, that. Okay. He so did that... not sign it. Remember, he's the one who released, us. I don't know, 50,000-plus prisoners. Uh, supposedly lightweight offenders that that's turned out not to be so into our streets and thus we have such a rise in crime. And we have another initiative this November to even put more criminals back out on the streets. Yeah, and be cautious because it's always usually the title of it sounds really compassionate and really good um, and it sounds like it's going to be tough on crime but their idea on being tough on crime is releasing prisoners and put them into um, some type of counseling where they sit around a room and talk about their feelings, and, and then they go out and rob you. Any of these bills that the uh, governor signed that uh, folks should uh, you know, be aware of that are particularly egregious? I mean, they all are well, chipping Well, we got away. a lot of them. There's a, I mean, if it's just on, we can do, there's one right now uh, on faith-based colleges. You want to talk about that one? Let's talk about or, that or the, the second segment, but okay, wrap yeah. up with anything in this gun, uh, you know, well, this you know, bevy of gun Well, you know, they're laws. redefining assault weapons and bullet buttons. In other words, the release, if it's too easy to detach because someone's killing you, um, that one passed. Another one by Senator Isidore Hall. By the way, I'm just saying, uh, these are all Democratic-sponsored bills. None of them are Republicans. Uh, they're redefining what an assault weapon is and um, making it tougher for us to, to buy those types of things. Same thing. You even have to report your ammunition. That was by Senator uh, De Leon. And, and uh, another one by Senator Lanny Han- Hancock bans the possession of ammunition magazines that have the capacity to hold more than 10 rounds. So um, God forbid if, um, you know, your house gets broken into or, or there's a problem. Um, they're just they're slowly taking our rights away an inch at a time until they disarm mm-hmm. us all together. And this, again, it violates our Second Amendment, but more than anything, uh, this has historically been true. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, what, uh, it's what socialists like so they can eventually take our property by force. Vladimir, Vladimir Lenin said that one man with a gun can control 100 without a gun. So true. And you mentioned a bill that uh, is going to further encroach on freedom of religion. We'll get into that after we uh, come back from this break with Senator Mike Morrell, Senator of the 23rd District, running for re-election this coming November. This is why it's so important that people get out and vote, because whether or not you like uh, what's at the top of the ticket, we've got great people like uh, Senator Morrell that we need to put back into Sacramento to do what they can to hold off uh, the further encroachment of progressivism. Absolutely. Time for another word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the sponsor of this half of Unite IE Radio and the place to go for your real estate lending needs. More with State Senator Mike Morrell after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lenders. It's all but certain now that we are about to see interest rates begin to rise after several years of being spoiled with historically low interest rates. But don't panic. It's not the end of the world. What it does mean is that if you've been thinking about the purchase of a new home, the purchase of a vacation home or investment property, or if you don't want to buy, but you need to refinance the home, you have to lower the rate, remove the mortgage insurance, or to pull out cash to pay higher interest, higher payment, credit cards, auto loans, or student loan debt. Or if you're a senior and have been considering looking into that reverse mortgage thing that everyone seems to be talking about lately, then call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I'll run the numbers for you and let you know what all your options are, the pros and cons of each one, and help you steer towards a decision that makes the most sense for you and your family. Once again, the number is 855-640-2020, or get me on the web at wccloans.com. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at 4 o'clock, right here on AM 590, The Answer. 
AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. Very excited to have on our show today, State Senator Mike Morrell from the California Senate District 23 running for re-election this November. Get out and vote if you're in that district. Keep this guy in office. We tease before the segment SB 1146. This is a uh, encroachment on faith-based rights on colleges. What is up with this bill, Mike? Well, Senator, uh, Democratic Senator uh, Laura has a bill that for any faith-based colleges that want uh, state uh, loans for scholarships um, or, um, you know, student loans, I should say, that um, they are going to have to um, – their, their religious exemption is going to be taken away if they don't adhere to what the state wants. And so, for an example, it's going to be subject to um, – um, um, it breaks down our religious freedoms, what it essentially does. It has to do with the LGB community, where uh, if an LGB student does go to a, attend a Christian college, um, they don't have to sign a, sign a statement of faith, from my understanding. They don't have to attend chapel. They don't have to do an honor code, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's Christian people, many colleges in California that are Christian, that still believe in traditional marriage and those types of things. So, so what Laura's did, it says, we're going to take this exemption away. You're going to run out of money. And so it's really going to harm a lot of these colleges um, because many of them, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 percent of their budget comes from the state. So they're in a precarious position. It's already passed the Senate. It's over the assembly. It's passed the judiciary. It's passed the um, education committee. So it's going to go to the floor for a vote. So more than likely it's going to pass. So these colleges are... uh, they're up in arms about it, and so it's going to take a, a, a lot of citizens to call in and express their um, discontent on SB 1146. But there's also another thing I'd like to say. Um, years ago, uh, when uh, many Christian colleges, secular colleges, and citizens followed and understood the Constitution, we were warned that when you take money from government, be careful. They might right. take a part of your soul. So back in the day, just... 30, 40 years ago, many of these faith-based colleges refused to take government loans. Well, my understanding today, um, there's only three accredited colleges in America that do not take federal funding um, or state funding. And one of those colleges my, my sons went to, which is Hillsdale College, they they sort of have decided to put their trust in God rather than government, which right. is probably a good thing. And so they've kind of got themselves, they, meaning the colleges, in a precarious position. And we're not sure. I'm working really hard uh, to defeat this bill, but um, it's not going very well in favor of the Christian colleges. So they're going to have to make a lot of decisions what, what they're going to do and whether they're going to accept the money from the government. And in, in a state and in a country where, you know, we have the highest taxes, all yeah. that money now becomes a carrot that, you know, is basically be, been the undoing of colleges, of cities that take the money. They've got yeah. to comply with uh, government uh, zoning uh, yeah, all the way down the line. Education. Yeah. You want the education money. you got to comply with the curriculum. Uh, it really has been our undoing. You know, in many ways, too, you're right. Yeah, not just colleges, but um but yeah, cities that take the money, uh, other programs, you know, they, uh, senior housing that was Christian, they have to take their Christian name off if they accept federal funding, and there's all sorts of restrictions. And it's funny that we've placed our trust in, in government and, and not had faith enough to uh, put trust in God or at least go out and, and raise money on our own, you know. And so, uh, again, we've been warned, uh, sent, uh, Congressman um, uh Samuel Kendall in 1805 said, All of history lies open for our warning, all whose solemn lessons are chiseled in the hard stone eternity. 
and lessons that thunder to republics. And then he goes into a long thing, basically, the thunders to republic. Your destruction is when you begin to trust government a little bit too much and, and place, your, place your trust in government. And that's what uh, so many organizations and, and many citizens today are doing. And when we look at ancient Greece or modern-day Greece, uh, you know, we're 71% of the population, from what I understand, is on some type of government subsidy. It's no wonder their infrastructure and their economy is crumbling. Yep, and our infrastructure is crumbling as well. Yes, sir, it is. Uh, we only have a minute left here in, in this segment, so we're going to have to um, – there's so much more we can talk about what the Democrats are, are doing up there to us yeah. in, in, Sac- in Sacramento. Why is it the Republicans – you've got about 30 seconds to answer this – cannot make an effective case? You look at the high rates of poverty, high energy yeah, costs, we high do. housing prices, no water. Why yeah. can't the Republicans do a better job of making the case that, look, this is the fault of the Democrat Party. You need to make a change, voters. You only gave me 19 seconds now. Hurry. But anyway, in a nutshell, we do make a case. But, you know, the media is not always fair. We've held uh, conferences. We've sent out op-eds, and many times they will shut us out. And so people don't play fair is what happens, Greg. Um, but I tell you, one thing that I try to do is I try to write an op-ed monthly. And if this paper doesn't take it, I send it to another paper or whatever. But I have a voice, and I think uh, many of us are working hard to do that. But in this state, it, it is very tough to get the message out. We are talking with Senator Mike Morrell. We're going to hold him over for another segment because we want to talk about our California pensions. Coming up, also, someone from the Inland Empire who is at the Republican National Convention this week. Stay tuned for more on the United IE radio program. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We are with Senator Mike Morrell, the 23rd Senate District. Please, if you're in that district, anywhere from the mountains to the valley right here in the Inland Empire, vote for him. Get out and vote your down ticket races. One of the areas that we continue to hear bad financial news out of is the uh, pension system for public employees here in the state of California. That would be CalPERS, CalSTRS, and there's many other uh, smaller public pension programs. Those, by and large, are the big are the big ones. And we're starting to hear numbers like uh, huge hundreds of billions of dollars of unfunded liabilities, benefits basically promised but not deliverable on that the California taxpayer is going to have to backstop. Out this week with some news, Mike, about the earnings of these two pension programs. What is that news? Well, it's not good news. CalPERS, again, is the acronym for California Public Employees Retirement System. So many of our fire, police, city, and state workers get their uh, pensions from there. And when I first got to Sacramento a little more than five years ago, I sat down with one of their uh, head people and was concerned and uh, because they had a huge deficit. And I said, how are you going to make that deficit up? And they said, we're confident and uh, we're going to earn about nine and three quarters percent is what this wow. gentleman told me. And uh, the, that year they earned one percent. And so anyway, so they downgraded at nine and three quarters percent to I think it was last year. Um, they needed about seven point five percent. And uh, we just heard this this week that their uh, gain for the last fiscal year was 0.61, so not even 1%. Now, I'm also, which I don't think you know, the co-chair or vice chair of the CalPERS um, committee in the state Senate. So we kind of help oversee them. And last year, we had a meeting with their actuaries, and they came in. And one of the questions I asked is, you guys, uh, you know, your billions of dollars upside down. You're not going to be able to repay um, these pensions are you and, and one of their um, people said to me no we're going to be fine and fully funded in 30 years 
And so that kind of caught my attention. I said, well, what, when are the, is the majority of your people going to retire? And she said, the next eight to 10 years, you know. And I said, well, how are you going to be, <laughs> you know, what's, what's going to happen then? She just said, hey, we'll be fine. She didn't want to answer the question. So um, that would make me nervous if she was my financial planner holding wow. the money. But here's the thing. My understanding, if this is correct, is it, a private uh, uh, company that has pensions, if they're under 80% uh, funded, the government can take them over. Um, because they haven't been managing right. people's money well. And so right now, CalPERS is at 68% funded. So uh, that's a huge problem. And so um, we, uh, even our Governor Brown has predicted we could easily go into another recession. And so, you know, we're overspending the largest, this kind of goes into the budget, uh, largest um, budget we've ever had. And so I'm not sure if CalPERS is going to... Uh, make this up through through um, how they're going to do it because the last three months revenues are not coming in as forecasted so uh, that could be uh, another challenge to our economy but again you know we've been warned that uh, there's principles in life economic principles that you can't spend beyond our means and you should always plan for a rainy day which our state is not doing a very good job on so two sets of law uh, principles one applies to private companies uh, you know you mentioned a, a private company that has a pension plan that becomes more than 80% underfunded yeah. has to be taken over by the federal government and yet we have a state that is 68% of funded 32% underfunded and they're not going to be get taken over is basically well, what you're saying there's two sets just like Hillary Clinton there's law, there's rules for them and then there's rules for us exactly <laughs> exactly but you know it, I got to tell you these guys were promised their pensions but here's the position they they put the taxpayers in is what they'll do my assumption is they'll go and they'll try to do a tax raise to to get this right. uh, funded and then what happens whenever we do it seems like young and this is statistics highly educated young people between 25 and 39 leave the state and then upper middle class people who are making money who have the ability to leave the state leave the state in droves and so then what happens the increase of people coming in do not make that kind of money so it kind of makes the problem even even worse so we have to get our financial house in order i really don't know if these people are in their delusion if they're really not people that are are, are you know financial planners and maybe they're just bureaucrats and they think somehow government's going to work it out but again if we have another recession like we had a few years ago um, boy, these numbers are, are, are going to become, uh, you know, uh, much worse. And, and that concerns me. Well, and see, raising taxes is not the answer, by the way. Well, it's for, be an efficient, effective government. Well, for the Democrats, it's, it's always the answer. There's a whole bunch more tax increases coming up on, on the ballot. But what's, the, the, for the politicians, they're going to be long gone. By the time this problem right. to, it really hits, comes to the surface, yeah. They're going to be long gone. But in the meantime, they get the support of the government employee unions, which they wouldn't get if they wanted to do anything about uh, this, this unfunded pension liability. At the core of this problem, private companies recognized decades ago that defined benefit plans, which is what our state's plans are based on, are unsustainable. And our state has continued to offer defined benefit pension plans that are unsustainable, the burden of which has been placed on the backs of taxpayers. Future taxpayers. We are promising a certain benefit. And then you have to put in a certain amount of money and earn a certain amount of money. And when those assumptions aren't met, when you're not putting in the right amount of money, and when you're not earning the right amount of money, as you just said, Senator Morell, 
when you're when you're earning when your earning shortfall is seven percent, that has to be that by law, by the basis of what these pension plans are, that has to be made up, and taxpayers are the ones that are going to have to do it, right? Well, yeah, again, absolutely are, but we have more taxpayers leaving our state. My understanding too, and I don't know what the statistic is, but a lot of um, people that retire from CalPERS actually move out of the state. I've, I've, I've met a number of them because the taxes are too high here. <laughs> you know? And so and so uh, that that should say something. And, and that, that's very alarming to me because we're, we're, we're even we're u- losing some highly educated, young, skilled people who are leaving for more opportunity in business friendly states. Why don't you pass a law? Why don't you, why don't you pass a law up there that says that if you're a beneficiary of a CalPERS retirement program and you move out of state, you get a haircut of 30% on your benefits. Could okay. you do that? That would never pass because of the union. <laughs> so they give me a haircut. They you would. Know. All right. Well, get out and vote this November for State Senator Mike Morell. Senator, thank, thank you, you thank very you. much for coming in and being with us. Always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you serving us. We will be back after the break with Kathy Ponce. She is one Our of- intrepid on-scene reporter at the, California, at the yes. Republican National Convention in Cleveland. And we'll talk to Kathy after this message from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. We're now going to go to Cleveland, Ohio, and our intrepid Unite IE Radio on-scene reporter, Kathy Ponce, who is a delegate to the uh, to the Republican convention this year. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you also for being one of those individuals that has stepped up to perform your civic duty. You've gotten involved both here in the IE and now as a delegate in a big way. So we're honored to have you with us. And so what is going on back in Cleveland? What's it like being a delegate? I understand that you guys, the California delegation, is 50 miles outside Cleveland. What is going on? Yes, it is. Um, they put the larger delegations outside of Cleveland. So we're at the Kalahari Resort in Sandusky. Um, I don't know the background of the purpose for that. I know they wanted to keep all the delegations together, and we are one of the largest. Um, but the security out here for us is, is really phenomenal. We, uh, it's been on everybody's mind, and I know it's been an issue on, on TV and national TV, but we have uh, four Secret Service agents with us on the bus at all times, and they wait all day with us at that bus, and they're the same secret service agents that take us back. 
Um, we have armed guards at each entrance, and, and we have a drone that flies over a two-mile radius of the freeway that we're going to be driving down to make sure that we're safe. Wow. And the entire downtown Cleveland has been shut down for us. It's completely blocked off. It's completely closed down so that we have the freedom to be able to walk around down there and go to our places where we have our happy hours and our lunches. And we have police officers, Secret Service, FBI from everywhere all over the country, Georgia, 300 from California. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal what, what they're doing up here for us. Amazing. So that's the security side of it. And then once you get inside the queue or the Quicken Loans Arena, tell us about what it's like to be inside that place for the last uh, three days. And uh, then we'll get to maybe some of the highlights for you. It's it's phenomenal. It's amazing. There's There's such a unity which was a little divided last night, but we'll get into that. Um, there was such a unity amongst everybody in on the floor that the number one focus has to be to beat Hillary. Mm-hmm. That is the number one topic, focus that we have to go into once we leave here, is to make sure she does not get into the White House. Whether Trump's perfect or not, whether he has, you know, some issues, we need to overlook that as a country, and we need to focus on getting Hillary making sure Hillary's not elected into office. And you you were a Ted Cruz supporter back in the primaries. Yes, I was. Yeah, a big Ted yep. Cruz supporter. I think that's a, a very fair thing to bring up, that you, I was a Ted Cruz supporter, um, but now uh, you you feel that being in that convention, you think that the, the, the Republican Party has done, that, that the delegates, at least as it's reflected there, that everybody's coming together and that the job of unifying the party is, is being accomplished? I think that the the unification of the delegates is being accomplished. I would have to say that there's still some issues of the party unification and the establishment. Okay. Um, A lot of, you know, still a lot of buzz on the floor about um, just issues with the establishment and and Paul Ryan and sort of the issues that Trump's had to go through to get the endorsement and the backing of the party. Gotcha. That's still an issue. That's still an issue. And it seems to me some of that some of that endorsement of especially the establishment seems to be lukewarm at best from Paul Ryan, uh, Mitch McConnell, who, who you got that you got to speak. But Sue, Mitch McConnell said the day after the Benghazi report came out documenting Hillary Clinton's incompetence, lying, and dereliction of duty, said that Hillary Clinton is intelligent and capable. But, he, but right. Mitch, Mitch McConnell was not sure about Donald Trump. Yeah, it's it's very lukewarm. It's like pulling teeth out of them almost, and and that's a topic of discussion. And the delegates are just going to unify together as a team, kind of a grassroots team, and, and forget about the establishment. Basically, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw or if they even let it go on to the press, but Mitch McConnell was booed. He was almost booed out of the stadium. Wow, the queue. Mm. Yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. Now I don't know um, that that translated to uh, the viewing audience at all. Yeah, I don't think it probably did, but there was not one hand clap for him. It was just an entire arena of of booze. Hmm. Interesting. Well, de- well deserved. Now we're recording here Thursday morning before Donald Trump's acceptance speech. But up to this point, who have been your favorite speakers? Oh my gosh, uh, Laura Ingram brought it down last night. I, I haven't felt there's two people that just you could feel the arena shaking, and that was Laura Ingram and Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Um, the way Laura spoke last night and when she pointed to the press and said, and all you liberal media up there, and she just waved her finger and pointed to all of them. 
I mean, everybody turned around and just waved their Trump signs up at the media. Oh, it that's was great. Phenomenal. It was just phenomenal what, what she, she just was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you could tell in her that she had this, I don't care. I'm going to say what I want to say. But. And she did. She was just phenomenal. How about behind what? How behind the scenes? Have you met anybody interesting? Have you uh, gotten? You know, yes. Tell us about that. Well, I got to sit and talk last night with um, Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin, which was I was just so honored that he would take the time to sit down and talk with me because he had such a strong grassroots team back in Kentucky to get you know in as governor once they had written him off. But I really wanted to sit down and talk to him and get a feel for how he accomplished that and take that back to California because I love the grassroots movement and I love the door to door movement. And he was so instrumental in his campaign in that. So he was, Oh, he's just such a personable and wonderful man that will just share any information that he can. Um, I got to sit and talk with Scott Walker. No way. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was wonderful because I just respect him so much as a governor and what he's gone through with the recall process and all the changes that he's brought to Wisconsin and then I did get to sit down and talk a lot with um, Marsha Blackburn, uh, being a Christian woman and, and representing the conservative side in Congress. So these conversations will be a part of me for life. And that, as I come back to California and help in the battle out there. That is amazing. Now, the big news, of course, is Ted Cruz. Last night, big speech, ex- thinking that there might have been an endorsement in the offing. What was it like to be in the arena as that speech unfolded? Well, we were so close to unification. Everybody was thinking, okay, we got it. We're unified. He's going to endorse. He's going to do it. And we just kept going on and on and on. And pretty soon California got really rowdy. And they were like, endorse, endorse, endorse. And they just kept chanting it and chanting it and chanting it. And then all of a sudden, everybody turns around. And it's Trump walking it right behind us. And he was giving the thumbs up and kind of waving like, you know, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. So at that point, everybody had turned around and they were focused on Trump. And then at that point, the screens in the back had gone black. And they say that somebody was trying to hack into the screens. I don't know. That's the word. But at that point, when Trump came in um, and Cruz just couldn't say that he endorses Trump, Mm -hmm. it just erupted. It just, and and this was not covered on the news because we watched. Some portions were, but the entire arena just erupted. So, you know, I think Cruz should have endorsed him. He signed the pledge. You know, he said he would. I think he should have said those words. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, to have Trump walk in in the middle of the speech was, I don't know, a ploy tactic, I think. Interesting. To get the people riled up. Now, we had heard that Trump had viewed his, that the speech was withheld. He viewed it two hours before. He let the speech go on. We also heard that there were uh, Trump operatives throughout the floor of the uh, arena there, the, uh, working with the delegates to kind of make things a little bit unsettled. Uh, did you see any of that? No, okay. no, I didn't. Um, I mean, I know we had West Virginia, Arkansas, and Colorado challenge the platform on Monday um, to put Cruz on the ballot. So if there were those states there that helped to instigate, that is a possibility. But there's, there weren't plans because you can't, Send plants in with the security that's there. It's only delegates and alternates on the floor. It's only delegates, period. 
Right. And if you leave the floor, you have to leave your badge for an alternate to take your seat. Uh-huh. So there was no way for a plant to come in, per se. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's not... I think it was just the crew's delegates that could have been a little riled up. But then when Trump walked in, it got the Trump delegates riled up. Interesting. So, well, and even worse, I mean, he says, vote your conscience as if... That that anyone with a conscience could vote for Hillary Clinton. It's uh, it, it it was it was just it was just an amazing performance by 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 Ted Cruz, which is just it doesn't serve the party, doesn't serve America, doesn't even serve his own future political interests. So it was it was it was just stunning. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm still stunned today. I, we all we were all in the bar down here just at two a.m. talking about it and. You know, Facebook was on, social media was going crazy. They're still talking about it this morning, and yep. so are we. Are, are you allowed um, to have your phone on the floor with you, and, and can you can you post for, and from the floor? Yes. Yes, we can post from the floor. Well, so can- right when Trump walked in, I took a picture and I posted it. Trump's here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's going down. <laughs> well, this is fascinating. Congratulations for being, uh, you know, one of the one of the citizens in our Inland Empire area that stood up and you know, answered the call to be involved uh, and you know, pointing out here that you have not been uh, involved in politics except recently, what, the last two, three, four years uh, is when you basically got involved. Yeah, two years, two years ago. Wow. And here yeah. you are as a delegate uh, for one of the most important elections in uh-huh. modern history. Right. And should we, yeah. we should say that Kathy is the leader of one of our Unite IE groups, the Freedom Tea Party Patriots, which she helped found. She's active in that. She's very active in her city and imposing Agenda 21 and sustainability and the high density stack and pack housing there. I mean, she's just if we have more people like Kathy, we could save the country. The battle would be won. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. I know you got to go catch a bus so that you can get on your way to night number four of the uh, most important, uh, you know, convention in in modern history. Thank you for being with us, Kathy, and thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you, guys, too. God bless. Be safe, and we'll talk to you when you get back. Thank you. Bye. Time for a word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're on an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For over 20 years, All-Star Collision and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. They offer free pickup and delivery, free estimates, and they're approved by all major insurance companies. They repair aluminum and fiberglass bodies with computerized frame straightening to get your car or truck back to factory spec perfection. You'll have your vehicle back fast and in showroom condition, safety checked, washed and detailed, fluids topped off with a lifetime warranty on paint and repairs. So exercise your freedom of choice and call All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll at 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. 951-279-9161. All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we just heard from a, a private citizen that is fulfilling that most important political office, Kathy Ponce. And then some. 
And then, of course, uh, State Senator Mike Morrell, who was another person who five years ago stood up, uh, became uh, gave ran, up his private business, gave up his private business, ran for assembly. And now he's a state senator. Great patriot uh, understands, uh, you know, that uh, money has its limits. We talked about the pension crisis. We talked about the encroachment on the Second Amendment with him. Great show. Yeah, Democrats not only don't like the Second Amendment, they don't like the First Amendment either, and they're trying to restrict religious liberty. They do indeed. And speaking of Democrats, uh, Hillary's America, the secret history of the Democratic Party, opens this weekend. This is the big Dinesh D'Souza movie that's opening in advance of the Rep- of the Democratic convention uh, next week. Yeah, I've seen the tra- I've seen the trailer for that, and uh, Dinesh D'Souza's mo- previous two movies, America and Obama 2016, were both excellent. So we should all get out and support this movie. I mean, we already know we don't like Hillary Clinton, but this will give you the, re- the more reasons and how she fits into the overall pattern as part of the history of the Democrat Party, and it's not what the Democrat Party portrays as being for the people. Very important to get out and see it because, of course, a big determiner of whether or not this movie gets carried through uh, next week into next weekend or beyond that is the actual uh, box office that hits the number of tickets that get sold. So go see it this weekend. Then next weekend, very important also, go see it again, but drag somebody out with you uh, to go see it again. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, one of the comments on it was it's terrifying. And as in her, her, the idea of Hillary Clinton being the next president. And that goes back to what uh, Mike was talking about, what Kathy was talking about, that whatever our differences were, you like Ted Cruz, you like Scott Walker, you like somebody else, those pale in comparison to the idea of Hillary Rodham Clinton, who is Barack Obama in a bad pants suit, who is any more corrupt yep. than Barack Obama becoming the next president to carry on his fundamental transformation of the country. And I think that the convention went a long way, especially with Mike Pence's speech. Amazing speech. And I would encourage any everybody to go find these on YouTube. Go find day one, day two, day three. Fast forward to the speeches by Trump's kids, by Laura Ingram, by Mike Pence, uh, by Rudy Giuliani, by... Uh, Speaker Newt Gingrich, watch these speech. These are incredible speeches, all of them. I, I, I think great listening. You got to do it as always. Go to the uniteie.com website. Find groups throughout the Inland Empire that you can get pugged into. Final thought, Greg. Just get involved. Um, it dep- the country depends upon the people acting in their role as citizens if we're going to survive. Absolutely. And that is what it's about, survival. If you'd like to show your support for the men and women on that thin blue line, the police officers here in the Inland Empire, there's a special event coming up on Tuesday evening. Greg? Yes, the Redlands Tea Party Patriots are sponsoring our second Blue Lives Matter rally. This will be at the corner of Alabama and Lagonia in uh, Redlands at 530 to 7. Bring your signs. Blue Lives Matter. This is a non-political, non-partisan event where all citizens should come together and support our law enforcement officers to keep us safe. Hope to see you there. Tune in next week to the United England Empire radio program and every Saturday at 4 p.m. It's time to stand up and be counted We were founded as a land of the free home of the brave. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.